When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Leaving Eden Podcast. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Sadie. Happy Hanukkah to all of our Jewish listeners. Happy Kwanzaa to people who celebrate Kwanzaa, Sadie. And happy uh, solstice to those of our listeners who celebrate solstice. Yeah, all the, the, the witchy people that listen to, st- to, to our show are just... Um, and any other holidays that we are missing. Happy holidays to everybody. Yes, uh, yes, all of them. Um, today is our last episode of the year. Uh, hold on, we didn't introduce ourselves. My name is Gabrielle Hakoen. And I am cult expert Sadie Carpenter. Cult expert Sadie Carpenter. I love it. Um, yeah, today is our last episode of the year 2022. Uh, we're going to be taking a break next week uh because next monday is i believe the 26th and and we just want to take that time off so we will be joining you again after this episode it 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 will be the new year 2023 but today we have a special episode sadie do you want to talk about what our episode is today yes so today um gabriel got me to watch a movie that he has been trying to get me to watch for approximately two years is that correct I i think that's about correct uh, this uh, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Truly. And the movie is called The Hebrew Hammer. Yeah. Um, and, and so today we're going to be talking about The Hebrew Hammer. Um, it's it's a great film. It's like a, a send up. If you've ever seen like old black exploitation movies like Shaft or or Sweet Sweet Back or, or you know, I, I guess Quentin Tarantino did his own set uh, send up of those kind of movies called Black Dynamite. Um, if you've seen any of those movies, Shaft is kind of like that. I mean, Hebrew Hammer is kind of like or that. But across it, 110th it, Street is one. 
that I enjoyed. Yeah. But Shaft is, uh, or um, <laughs> Hebrew Hammer is a parody movie in that style. It was extremely funny. I had a really good time watching it. And, and we're going to be talking about that today. But before we get into that, the Leaving Eden podcast is the podcast about my BFF and co-host Sadie Carpenter's life in and escape from the independent fundamental Baptist cult. We talk about this cult. We talk about other cults. We talk about religion. We talk about fundamentalism. We talk about the real and present threat that cults and cult ideologies pose to society as a whole. And it is our goal to promote freedom of mind, freedom of thought, and freedom of religion. So if you like our show, if you're a fan of our show, there's a couple of things that you can do to support us. Number one, you can hit that follow button or that subscribe button on wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can join our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash leaving Eden podcast. And you will get access to extended versions of most of our episodes that are also ad-free. Yeah, they're extended, uncensored, and ad-free. And and uh, what else can you do? You can join our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash Eden Exodus. And you can join our subreddit, which is reddit.com slash r slash Eden Exodus. Anything else I need to say, Sadie? I think that is it. That's very cool. I think there um, was guess, something I was supposed to promote, but now I can't remember what it was. Well, Red Hoof didn't end up having their show. Oh, you can listen to my other podcast if you like Formula One racing. It's called House of Speed Podcast. That's coming. That's that's out now, and you can listen to that. It's super fun. Um, I think that's I all listened I to the first to episode this morning. I, I'm, I'll ask you off air what you thought of it, but it's 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 fun. Um, okay, I like doing it. I think we're ready to to get into our patrons. Yes, we got. It's been. I'm sorry. It's uh, this is a little bit uh, discombobulated here. This is the first episode that we've recorded since I moved across the country to Philadelphia, and I'm in my new apartment in Philadelphia right now, and it's a little bit just like uh, I'm. I'm just. I, I don't want to say I'm out of sorts. I'm out of like. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm in a new environment. That's not what I'm used to. Anyway, I need to thank our Faith Promise Missions tier patrons. And our I Gave It All to your patrons. I Gave It All to your patrons. Same two of you who continue to support our show going above and beyond what uh, we could reasonably expect or ask of anybody. Uh, Melissa Mosley and Kathleen Moncrief. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much to Kathleen and Melissa. Yes. Uh, fantastic people. Truly, 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 we are uh, uh, thankful for your uh for your contributions in this season of thanks um and our faith promise missions tier patrons who are also people who we are quite thankful for alex todd allison MacArthur, anisha patel Brittany, brooke tolly chrissa crystal patterson dear ethan hansen the musical eleanor donahue elizabeth deworth emery fairlosser hannah ross hope norim Horton, here's a Shane. I'm just here to send Sadie True Crime podcast suggestions, aka Meg, Jen Kaharski, Jessica Tambo, Jonna, Jonathan Miller, Kay Turwee, Kristen Marie, Lauren Vanderwall, Linda Morgan, Lindsay Goss, Lorena Watson, MC Crunchwrap, hashtag the boy who cried sauce, Michaela Upright who says go Cox uh, screw Clemson, um, which who are the, is, is that the game Cox? Yeah. What, what team is that? Uh, is that South Carolina? I think Carolina, someplace, something Carolina, South or North Carolina. Yeah. I think it's South Carolina. My team is the Oregon ducks who, uh, thanks to horrible, horrible, horrible coaching decisions ended up, uh, just 
losing the Civil War game versus Oregon State uh, when they definitely should have won that game. Um, but they they just made terrible decisions on at every turn and then ended up losing. Um, my uh, my brother's brother in law coaches high school football, and they won the state championship in Kentucky. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, that's awesome. So well, congratulations to Keegan. Yeah, congratulations! Wow, G- good job, Keegan. Um, fantastic man, Kentucky. That's. <sighs> That's 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 really impressive, and that's that's a wonderful thing to have happen. Michaela, sorry, Michaela's um, Michaela's screen name made me remember that. Yeah. Um. Well, Madeline, we have Madeline Antrim, Madeline Cusick, Marlena Stuve, Mary Williams, Mary Elizabeth Williams, Mary Martin, Megan Arendt, Rebecca, Rob the Methodist, Sarah Reese, Stephanie Johnson, Susie, Tara McNamara. The Lady Rabbi, Tiffany Enderby, Walnut, Son of Walnut, and finally, Wes the Cowboy. We love all of you. Yeah, thank you so much to all of our Faith Promise Missions patrons and to everyone who supports us over on Patreon uh, and to those who support us through word of mouth, through uh, social media posts, everything else that you do. Uh, When we got our Spotify wrapped a few weeks back, we saw that we uh, ranked really well in terms of podcasts uh, as one of the most shared podcasts. Oh, wow. We were, I think we were in the top 5% most shared podcast. Did you see that? Yeah, I think you sent me that screenshot. I didn't really look a lot at the Spotify wrapped. Um, I just kind of look at the numbers for like, do we get a lot of downloads? Because that's kind of the, the, my metric, but you know, I, 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 I don't like to compare us to other people because I feel like comparing yourself to other people is, is a way to make yourself unhappy no matter what. But That's it was true. nice to see that our listeners are doing such a fantastic job of supporting us, which reminds me of another person that I want to give a special shout out to was Emmy, who I actually fan- got to meet on my trip over. You, you know, I posted I posted on Instagram. I was like, hey, I'm going to be uh, uh, making my cross country trip, any places where I should eat, any places where I visited, where I should visit. And Emmy was like, Emmy is one of our listeners who, who sent me a message saying, if you're going to be in Minneapolis, St. Paul, you know, hit me up. And I actually got to meet her, which is fantastic. So it was, uh, it, it was a good, it, it was a good evening of uh, fun times were had by all. And I was I so ate- happy that you two got to meet. Yeah. And I, uh, I, she gave me a craft that she made, um, which I'm going to, when I hang up my Jack Hiles picture in my new bedroom, <laughs> uh, which hasn't been hung up, I'm going to hang up that that the the, the crafts that she gave me uh, well, with the Jack Hiles picture. Yeah, that's so. fantastic. Um, was Emmy the only neat thing that you got to see on your cross country trip, or did you take another little excursion that you'd like to tell us about? Sadie, I feel like this is a leading question. I feel like you <laughs> I'm already sorry. know. Sorry, you this. caught me. That is absolutely a leading question. So, um, I was driving from Eau Claire, Wisconsin to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on the third of my four travel days, which is a very long drive. Um, and I was, uh, my, my drive was taking me through the Chicago area and I thought, you know, what's in the Chicago area that I could go see Giordano's pizza. Yes, actually. But no, I, I, it was, it was, (laughs) I should have gotten some Chicago style pizza. I didn't get any Chicago style pizza, which is you should uh, not have because you would have made me too jealous. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can come out and visit me here and we can get pretzels. So that's that's kind of what they have out here. That's the thing. They have cheesesteaks and they have pretzels. Um, but no, I, I went to uh, First Baptist Church of Hammond in Hammond, Indiana. I Because I, uh, it was like really right on my way because um, I was going through Chicago and you know, the highway just takes you south, like right through there. And, and yeah, I got to see First Baptist Church of Hammond. I, I'm dying to know what your thoughts were on it. Like, was the building bigger than you expected or smaller than, than you expected? How did you feel about that? Hmm. Okay. So as far as size wise, it's about this, it's like the size of a city block. It's like a whole city block is this one building. And I guess and it wasn't like not a large city block, but like a, a medium to small sized city block. Still, like it, it's it's a large building. I guess from when when you're pulling off the highway, it doesn't look so big, but then when you get up close to it, it looks a lot bigger. So my my thoughts on First Baptist Church of Hammond, just from from visiting the place, not seeing anything that happens there, not seeing I didn't even see any people around it. The thing that I I guess it was Better than I expected and worse than I expected in, in, in different ways. Interesting. I expected the building to be much gaudier. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause, cause I'm used to, I, I don't know. I was expecting the building to be much gaudier, much less tasteful, but really it was just like a red brick building with some, you know, with, with, with some churchy details on it. Um, really, yeah, kind and of you saw both. So the Jack Hiles Memorial Auditorium, which it's now called Jack Hiles Memorial Auditorium, which was originally the the main auditorium for the church that was built, I think, in the sixties or seventies, uh, after the original original building burned down. I think I'm getting that right. But that building is also a full small city block. But that building is just a red brick square. Yeah, that was and the one it. with all of the signs on the side of it that said like like that that are hanging out vertically like on the side right. of it, and I was it, like you would see like on a, on the side of a movie theater or something. Right. Um, and then the, the new the new building is uh, slightly larger and it looks more like a church. There is a steeple on it and white columns, and it's got more external details and glass windows and such. Yeah, it just looks kind of like and church. You know what I'm saying? It just looked like, it, it looked like a, a church building. It didn't look like uh, like they'd gone too over the top with it to to try to make it look like glitzy and glamorous. It just looked like a building that was clearly a church, but not a building that was like trying to rub it in your face. You know what I'm saying? Um, Did it feel creepy or culty at all from the outside? No, because like no one was there. There, there was nobody around it. I was just. See, I feel like, like that it, would be creepy. Is it? Well, but I was. The thing was, okay, is that I was in, and this is the thing that that was worse than I expected. Was I've I, I had never been to the industrial Midwest before. I'd never been to a place like Hammond, Indiana, which you know, it, it, I guess Hammond, Indiana, it's right next to Gary, Indiana. Same, like mm-hmm. similar sort of sort of town. In the heyday of First Baptist Church of Hammond, it was a steel town, steel mill town. Yeah, and then the steel industry kind of dried up and, and you know, just driving through the town because I had to drive through the town. And I actually also drove through Gary, Indiana um, on my way 
I, I technically my to, original home, Gary, Indiana. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I was born um, in Hammond, but my, I went home from the hospital to Gary. Huh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just like driving through, it just looks like a town where you could see places where businesses used to be, and then they're they're just like gone, or they're like the only thing that's there is like payday loans, and you're just like, oh man, mm-hmm. it just looks like everyone left this place, and the people that are here just like, and and also the other thing that made it feel like oh people can't get out of here was like if you're driving on the highway in that part. I'm not used to toll roads, but like driving through, it's like, oh, a toll road. Oh, another toll road. Mm-hmm. Oh, another toll road. Here, pay $4. Oh, pay $4 again. Oh, pay $4. And if you're, you know, if you don't have a lot of money, which if you're living in Gary, Indiana or Hammond, Indiana, but chances are you probably don't have a lot of money and you need to drive into Chicago for something like that's not you know that you don't want to have to pay all that money for those tolls all those times. So it just feels like it's a place where it's intentionally made to keep people in mm. and, and the, the people that left got out and they don't come back. And that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. The thing about Hammond is uh, in my experience, everyone who lives there actually in the city of Hammond either attends first Baptist church or hates first Baptist church. There's no, there's kind of no, because either you already go there or you get soul winners at your door every single weekend trying to get you to go there. Oh man. Okay. That's wild. Yeah. I I would think it would be kind of creepy though, just because of so many of the things that we have talked about on the podcast happened within that radius of a couple blocks. Um, Jack Scott having his teenage victim in his office happened I mean, if you walked around the area, you walked within 50 feet of where it happened, probably. Uh, Tom Kimmel running his illegal Ponzi scheme out of an office at First Baptist Church of Hammond. You, you, you walked past there. Jack Scott putting the church into massive debt to build that huge building. That happened there. When I went down and promised to be a missionary because little children were falling into a burning hell, that happened there. Uh, the railroad tracks where Dave Hiles allegedly got caught boinking in his car during pastor school you drove over those railroad tracks so that's yeah. I think where i would think it might be a little bit creepy because of so many things that we've talked about that happened there for me i i think it wasn't creepy because i didn't actually go inside the building and i didn't mm-hmm. actually get to see because i'd seen videos of church services at first baptist church of hammond with like jack scott giving his polish after if i'd actually been able to see the auditorium where that happened then it might have been different for me um, yeah. But for me, it was just like, oh, here's a, a like a town that's that's kind of not very nice. I mean, y- you always see like Gary, Indiana. I guess you don't see Hammond, but you see Gary, Indiana on the list of like worst places in America, and yeah. that like. I always feel bad when I read one of those lists because I do feel like people like on Reddit, um, people will be like. Don't ever go if you ever drive through Gary, Indiana, you'll get murdered immediately. <laughs> don't stop at a stoplight. Don't stop at a stoplight because they'll come take the rims off your car. Yeah. You know what? You know what other place well, gets I mean, that it's reputation? racist for one. And yeah. then also Oh, it's hella racist. <laughs> it's mainly racist, but also a little bit like classist and just generally shit. But <laughs> yeah, people do say something. You know what other place gets that reputation? There's two places that you always see get that reputation. One is Gary, Indiana, and one is a place that's about a mile from me right now, which is uh, Camden, New Jersey, which is 
if you're in Philadelphia, there's a, a bridge which is like right near my house, the George Washington Bridge. Uh, or, or is it the no, it's a Ben Franklin Bridge. George Washington Bridge is in New York. There's a Benjamin Franklin Bridge that goes across the Delaware River uh, between Pennsylvania and New Jersey. And on the other side of that bridge is a town called Camden, New Jersey. It's a city called Camden, New Jersey, which has basically the same sort of reputation as Gary, Indiana, and that it was like an industrial town. And I've been there. It's not like the, like it, it doesn't feel like it's literally the worst place in the world. Like I'm going to get murdered just like walking down the street there. And that's well, what the internet makes it seem like is, is going to well, I've also there. lived in Cahokia, which is right next door to Soje and East St. Louis. And East St. Louis has very much that same reputation. And if, if you think of East St. Louis, like an L shape, Cahokia is like a rectangle in the, in the crook of that L. So mm. I grew up surrounded by East St. Louis and like, like, yeah, there, there's crime that happens there. And, but it, it it's not, um, it's not what people make it out to be. Yeah. Also, I do feel like it's also a little bit of like nimbyism or people want to feel like they're better than other people by saying, oh, well, I don't live in this place. This place is bad. And I'm glad that I don't live there. Um, right. Just to feel better about where they are in their lives. I don't know. I, 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 anyway, I did get to see First Baptist Church of Hammond in person. What I wanted to do was take was was because i had with me the the picture of jack hiles in my car it was it was actually easily accessible i um actually let emmy take a picture of it on on and post it on instagram um take a picture with the the picture of jack hiles that sadie's uh dad gave to me uh that's been uh, f- uh decorated you could <laughs> uh, say yes. um and i wanted to take a picture of myself holding the the photo in front of first baptist church of hammond but it was so cold out it was like 12 degrees out i just decided that i didn't want to get out of my car and like i got out of my car to walk over to the church because i parked at the hammond public library parking lot and then i walked like two blocks um to get over to the church but i didn't take the the picture with me because i would have had to have my hands out of my pockets while i was doing that (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So it's just too cold. I mean, imagine being me in college and you're required to wear a skirt and nylons are your only protection against the bitter cold. Yeah. Because uh, when I so when I volunteer tutored at Hammond High School, if we finished at the high school too long before the Wednesday night service was supposed to start, they would drop the tutors off at the Hammond Public Library. And that's where I read so that library is where I read the help for the first time. I think I had already seen the movie, unless I'm mistaken, but I read the book and I would go I would go reading books that I wasn't supposed to read at the Hammond Public Library until it was time for Wednesday night church and then we would all have to walk over to the church. And that's why they want to ban books. Yep. <laughs> yep. Anyway, okay. we got uh, this was an interesting conversation and I'm glad that I got to see uh, the part of the, the of of the country where you came from. Beaut- like the thing was that like if you drive 15 minutes south of there it's the most beautiful place you've ever been in your entire life. Like it's just the, like pastoral it, farmland. Yeah, I because I drove. I was trying to avoid toll roads, and so if you avoid toll roads, it'll send you on a uh, highway thirty. And I, I drove on highway thirty, uh, and it took me through. Oh, you like, went right you know, by the college. I think you. I think you could have stopped by the college. Oh, huh. Okay. 
Well, yeah, I, I, it went. Uh, um, I, I I didn't see signs for Crown Point. If I'd have seen signs for Crown Point, I would have put it on there, um, on my on my route. But then you know, I just drove down Highway 30, and it was just gorgeous it was like the 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 way the weather was you know it was cold out but it was you know a little bit cloudy and the sun was going through the clouds and like the oh, gorgeous it's like gorgeous part of the country if you live in indiana or you live in ohio um beautiful places uh truly truly beautiful places um fantastic i saw a lot of beautiful country on my drive uh anyway um i i think we should probably get to, to well, talking about we this. were we were talking about um, the cities that have a reputation for being rough, and I was just thinking, you know what that city sounds like they need? What? Uh, a certified circumcised dick that's a sex machine to all the chicks? Yeah, a bad, bold, big-nosed <laughs> biblical brother. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about Hebrew Hammer, the movie Hebrew Hammer, starring Adam Goldberg. Uh, the Semitic uh, super stud. The Semitic Superstud uh, it was made by Jonathan Kesselman, I think in, in 2003 yeah. is when this movie came out. It's almost 20 years old. It has uh, it starring uh, 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 Adam Goldberg, uh, Judy Greer, and Andy Dick, of all people. Andy Dick is in this movie. <laughs> and uh, Mario Van Peebles, who's the son of Martin Van Peebles, uh, who played Sweet Sweetback in Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. And so this is um this is a movie about uh, the evil Santa Claus who wants to put an end to Hanukkah and the the uh, superhero who is going to save Hanukkah. And of course, as we all know, Hanukkah is Jewish Christmas, right? <laughs> Yes, that's absolutely true. Right. Uh, 100%. If anybody ever says that, then that's 100% true, and that's not offensive at all. Um, yeah. uh, of course, we're joking. Um, Hanukkah is not Jewish Christmas because it's not even Jewish one of the people high don't holidays. celebrate Christmas <laughs> because, you know, Christmas, that whole part. I feel like, I feel like we shouldn't need to say this. You know? <laughs> You know, I feel like we should. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like we have to say it because um, Carissa Collins exists. I love Carissa Collins. She's so problematic. Um, out, out of all of the famous, fun she's not like J-Rod status for me, but she's like almost up there. She's getting up to J-Rod status because J-Rod hasn't been that interesting lately. Uh, her daughter got married. There was a little bit of creepy stuff about that, but. Yeah, but that's just like normal J-Rod stuff. Yeah, she hasn't. Um taken a lot of non-consensual pictures of Amish people, crashed any funerals or anything like that recently. Do, would you would you grace us by telling us uh, what Hanukkah is? <laughs> Just give us the elevator speech on that uh, or tell us how you celebrated that growing up. Okay, so Hanukkah. Uh, this is this is one of those holidays, man. You could tell that like this th it's so who who invaded? Was it the Greeks that invaded? I think it was the Greeks that somebody invaded uh, 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 Judea and said, you can't be Jewish, you can't practice your religion. And then the Jewish people led by Judah Maccabee revolted and threw out the invaders. And, um, and, and yeah, and that's kind of what happened. Then there's also this, the, this additional story onto that where like after I think it was all over, they had their menorah in the temple that they had to light with the the consecrated oil 
problem was they had all of these barrels of oil, but only one of the barrels, I think, or or only enough oil for like one day was consecrated enough. And it was going to take eight days to send somebody to a different city and have them get other oil and bring it back. So this is a so, liturgical problem. Yeah. So this is like a liturgical problem that they're just like, well, we can't use this other oil because it's not like the right oil. And it's it's not it, it, this is our holy manure. We can't use this this uh, befouled oil or this not not pure oil or whatever. I don't know what the deal with the oil was, but they couldn't use it for some reason. And they only had one barrel of the oil that they could use, and that was only enough for one day. So they burned the oil, and it lasted for eight days rather than lasting for one day. And the menorah never went out, and they got the oil that they needed back in time to. To, to make it work i guess that's the holiday this is really one of those is this isn't like like our as far as jewish holidays go we have like oh this is the new year oh this is the day think about death okay this is our festival we're celebrating the harvest oh this is the day that we remember when we uh were delivered from slavery <laughs> and then we have one where it's like we won a war and and some lights some, did not go yeah. out which was a great thing yeah, and so as far as Jewish holidays go, it's not the most important, um, which I think is lucky because if you're going to unnecessarily commercialize a holiday, you don't want it to be one that's like religiously very significant. Um, you that's know, my that's personal a, opinion. That's actually a really good take. <laughs> yeah. um, I kind of I kind of love that take. So, did you? Uh, is it typical to get gifts at Hanukkah? Yes. Yes, and we, you usually get like eight different gifts for each night. Yeah, you get gifts every day, but like on day, like day one will usually be something good, and then like seven and eight will be good. But like on like two, three, and four, you're getting socks, you're getting like uh, uh like underwear, you're getting school supplies on on days two, three, and four. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, but I'm, but as a kid, I loved nothing more than getting school supplies as a present. So I would have loved that. <laughs> oh my god! Oh I will, man! I will tell you, maybe we're accidentally appropriating Hanukkah in our house because what Jonathan and I started doing a few years ago is we have socks and underwear amnesty at Christmas. So you know how you you need new socks because too many of your socks have holes in them and you threw them away or they're worn or you can't find the other the match to it, but you kind of just hang on and use the socks you have because you don't really want to go out and buy more socks. Have you ever done that? Or you put them in the dryer and then you take them out of the dryer and half of them are gone for some reason. Right. So, and then you just kind of live that way because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to go get, you know, oh, I can make it. I still have you know six pairs of socks. This is fine as far as long as I still do laundry every six days. So what we do in our house is every year around Christmas time, uh, you just go through, you get rid of all, all the socks and underwear that are not working anymore. You just get, get new ones, fix it once a year. So maybe we're accidentally appropriating Hanukkah. I'm not sure. It's like a sock census. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Caesar. There we go. We can make it make it Christian again. Caesar did yeah. a census for all the people. <laughs> so we do a census for all of our socks. Anyway, a Hebrew Hammer. Um, yes. we're, we're talking about this movie. So the plot of the movie, uh, 
Do you want to talk about the plot? Do you want me to talk about it? I have extensive notes on the plot, so I can I can lead on that. I'll 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 do a quick summary, just like a quick summary, and then we can do a deep dive a little bit. So basically, uh, Andy Dick is Damien, the evil son of Santa Claus and the heir to the red suit. He's going to be the next Santa Claus. Um, His father, who is is Santa Claus right now, is like very you know pro religious tolerance, pro like. Uh, uh, saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Andy Dick has him murdered and becomes the new Santa Claus and basically is just like crazy and his whole thing is he's going to destroy Hanukkah and he's going to destroy Kwanzaa as well. Um, and he puts right, various which plots becomes important. In, yeah, it becomes it becomes important. He, he puts various plots into action and the Jewish Justice League uh, hires a uh, uh, hires the hebrew hammer whose name is mordecai jefferson carver to go and and stop evil santa claus uh mordecai jefferson carver uh teams up with esther uh played by judy greer yeah and teams up with uh muhammad ali paula abdul rahim from the kwanzaa liberation Front, (laughs) played by mario van peebles and uh has to go and and fight to stop evil santa claus and they are, are successful in the end at, at stopping evil Santa Claus. It's it, it, more stuff happens along the way, but that's kind of kind of it. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it. So I want to go to the the opening scenes of the movie, and you should know up front this movie is intended to poke fun at every Jewish stereotype that there is. Yes, and it's it's clearly done very lovingly, <laughs> and it's incredibly funny. It's a Jewish made movie, so it's not like I may have felt bad about watching this if you had not told me to go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I had just found this movie and started watching it, I would have been like, "Oh my god, this is racist." <laughs> okay, so what was your what was your favorite bit from the beginning? Because in the beginning, we get to see Hebrew uh, young Hebrew Hammer in like jewish he's in public school but the public school is saint peter paul and mary public school (laughs) right so all the little christian kids are celebrating christmas and he is left out of the christmas celebrations um my favorite my favorite bit from the beginning i think it's something that his teacher says so the teacher is trying to explain to all of the little non-jewish children why they should love and accept Mordecai and not make him such an outcast from their Christmas festivities. And the quote that she says is, just because they control all the world's money, yet they are too cheap to buy their children anything but spending tops for presents, doesn't mean we can't love and respect them. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, man. We should have shown this movie to Kanye West. Then maybe he would have <laughs> turned out different. <laughs> what's, what's really funny is, so when we, we put this movie into um, Amazon Prime to watch it, and what comes up when you type in Hebrew is the uh, dangerous anti-Semitic film that Kanye West and uh, Kyrie Irving have been referencing on the internet. Yeah. And, like, the second thing that comes up is Hebrew Hammer. Well, Jonathan posited, what if Kanye went to Amazon Prime to watch that other film, and then he accidentally found Hebrew Hammer, but he thought the whole thing was real? (laughs) Yeah. 
And that's I mean, why that he's acting be... the way he's acting right now. Look, man, I mean, if if that were true, then I mean, th- th- I mean, but the whole thing is is just to poke fun at that. I thought it was really funny. So he he uh, he gets his his little dreidel present that he's got like and it's not even one of if you're jewish you know this like you had one of these dreidels you know the dreidel that's like the one that opens and you can put candy inside of it but as like an actual dreidel for spinning it's like the worst one like you can't spin this one like we've all tried to spin it and then the top comes off or it's just like because it's hollow and made of plastic it's just not a very good dreidel but like santa claus comes by and stomps on it and crushes it um right so see he's he's playing with it outside of a store the sight gags in the scene are amazing um there's several racist and problematic signs in the store (laughs) windows the one that i'm willing to read on the podcast said monotheists need not apply (laughs) yeah I mean, and, like, and that's when Santa comes by and steps on the dreidel and shatters poor Mordecai's Hanukkah dreams. See, the the thing is, the funny thing about this scene for me is that, like, yeah, it's a it's a bit extreme, but it's like not entirely like inaccurate. You know what I'm saying? Like the 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 way that that uh, uh chris like and i get that christmas is actually an important holiday and hanukkah just like i i'm, I'm just gonna say, like hanukkah is not that important a holiday for for uh, we it's like on on the list of holidays is like number five six maybe i don't know move some stuff around do you but, think maybe it's more like saint patrick's day i don't know like I it's, mean, a, it's a holiday that, that a lot of people like to celebrate but it's not I mean, it's not Christmas and Easter. Well, it's I, I don't think it's it's not religiously significant because there's there's a bunch of holidays that are like commanded uh, in in the Bible that that like, um, for instance, high like uh, Rosh Hashanah. I think there's five holidays that you're commanded to uh, to celebrate in the Bible. And I'm trying to remember what they are. One of the, it's Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. Passover and I don't know. There's one Purim, more. Maybe? No, Pur- Purim isn't Purim isn't one that God like in in the Torah commands oh, that you celebrate. Because okay. I know that one's are, like fairly important because you have to get so drunk that you can't tell the difference between uh Haman and yeah. what's his face? Esther's <laughs> uncle. So the thing the thing with, with Jewish holidays, there's there's five of them, I believe I when somebody says it, I'm going to feel like an absolute idiot for not remembering it, but why don't you just in, Google it and pretend that you remembered it? Because that would be intellectually dishonest, but there's holidays oh. that were like actually commanded to celebrate like by God, God says, celebrate this holiday on this day. And um, then there's also holidays that just commemorate cool that happened or bad that happened. So, I mean, and, and Christians, I don't know, Christians, you guys don't have, actual holidays that you are commanded by god to celebrate do you like jesus never like, went <laughs> <coughs> not that not that come to mind because jesus wouldn't have told everybody hey make sure that you celebrate my birthday even after i'm dead right or he wouldn't have said hey celebrate the day that i die uh i'm about to like get or like no, after the he comes thing back that, the thing that we're commanded to do 
religiously is to commemorate the crucifixion through communion. But there's not even a particular, like the scripture does not say you have to do this weekly or daily or monthly or whatever. It just says that you're supposed to do it on a regular basis, whatever that means to you. I mean, that that makes sense. It's, I guess it's just different traditions. No, like in, in the Torah, God says, on this day, do the like on this these are the days of your holidays the like these days on this calendar right um, we don't have yeah. we don't have that and a lot of church traditions do dictate uh that you're supposed to do certain things leading up to easter like celebrating lent but that's that's a church tradition that's not in scripture yeah yeah so like the the thing that i was trying to say though is that it does feel like some sometimes like during the christmas season it does kind of feel like this you know what i'm saying I, I'm sure that it does, and I'm sure that in this satire, we get a little bit of truth about what it is like to not be a Christian during the Christian winter holiday. Oh, so perfect example. Um, I was, uh, my friend Megan took me to Home Goods yesterday in, in Delaware. She took me on a shopping trip. We went to, to a, a Costco and Home Goods in, in Delaware so that we didn't have to pay sales tax. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um and uh, like the whole store you walk into the home goods store and it's like christmas exploded and then there's like one one like shelf that's like hanukkah stuff yeah and, and i'm sure all the hanukkah stuff is blue and white <laughs> did you know i found a really neat tiktok about why the hanukkah colors are like blue and white or blue and silver please tell me i i wondered about this i mean they're great colors so that comes from the commercialization of hanukkah to try to capitalize on people who aren't going to be celebrating christmas and buying christmas products really yeah so the people who were making the products needed something that was not red and green and would be visually distinct from the millions and millions of Christmas products. Really? Yeah. So, so and then wow. the blue does have a lot of significance in Judaism, of course. It's the color that you see most often in prayer shawls. It's the color in the flag of Israel. So it makes, and it is a re- religiously significant color. So it's not just randomly picked out of a hat there is a reason behind it but blue and blue and white or blue and silver have no actual connection to hanukkah it's just what people made up because they wanted to sell people that's really interesting wow i mean so all of that is according to someone on tiktok i hope that they're right but i thought that was really neat i i like i would understand why that would be true the thing is that like blue like blue and white are just like the the colors that people most associate with Judaism anyway, just because like, like you were saying with the, the prayer shawls are blue and white and man, that's, thought, that's really interesting. Huh. I thought that was really interesting and really uh, informative of the relationship that Hanukkah and Christmas have because of commercialization. I mean, I, you know, the thing is that a lot of times I feel bad for Christians in that you have this re- like very religiously significant holiday like you this is somebody who you believe is the savior of all mankind that is being born and brought into the world and then people are using that as an excuse to like 
hawk cars and uh, <laughs> get you into credit card debt. That's I I mean I I do kind of feel bad for Christians because you're and and then it gets people, you know, and and I don't want to like because uh, this is entirely hypothetical, but like think about like being a gatekeepy type of person who would say you're not appreciating this holiday for the actual religious reasons for it. You're just appreciating this holiday for the getting stuff like 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 getting more possessions and purely materialism, which is something that Jesus wasn't even about anyway. Right. And then that leads to a lot of ultra fundy families who barely celebrate Christmas. I don't think Carissa Collins does Christmas at all. I wish that she would do Christmas and leave ass over alone because right? she's got a stuff like d- she doesn't even you know what it's like it's like uh cut a watermelon up for christmas and leave the passover watermelon out of this what's wait what's the passover watermelon what you don't you don't Can remember I- last year for her passover she had a watermelon that was engraved with the words lamb of god why a watermelon i don't know i do not know this is Okay, I, 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 I'm gonna have to come back to that at some other point because that's truly wild. Um, but like, you, you know, what it's you know that meme where it's like, we want uh, this, well, we have that at home. <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway, yeah. anyway, let's uh, let's continue on with the plot of the movie. If you've ever seen the movie Shaft, there's there's a a, a theme song in the movie Shaft sung by Isaac Hayes the Hebrew hammer does like a send up of that theme song, but makes it Jewish instead of, of, of being like an R and B song. Yeah. It's, it is all just, it's all just done so perfectly. So in the, so in this movie, a uh, little Mordecai who was traumatized by Santa uh, stomping on his dreidel grows up to be the Hebrew hammer who is a, uh, like a private detective type character who uh, goes around town helping out Jewish people. He's the certified circumcised dick who's the sex sex machine to all the chicks. Yes. So he um, he he runs into a problem because as as we talked about in our summary, <clears throat> Santa Claus' evil son Damien wants to go ahead and take over the Santa Claus empire. Uh, His father is way too inclusive and wants to have peace with uh, the the people who celebrate Hanukkah and the people who celebrate Kwanzaa. Uh, His grandfather, so the father of the current Santa, was known as Saint Nick the Nasty. And that's the guy who stomped on little baby Mordecai's dreidel. He wanted to wipe out uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and all other winter holidays in favor of Christmas. And Damien, who is next in line to the Santa Claus throne, wants to follow in his grandfather's footsteps. So uh, he brutally murders his father <laughs> during a business meeting at the North Pole. Yeah, he has the reindeer do it. <laughs> Which is very, uh, very typical of the genre of movie which they are sending up here. Just yeah. having one scene that has a ridiculous amount of fake blood, and the um, where, where the, I, I like that you know the part where he puts the hat on, 
That's yeah. That was the next thing I'm gonna say. So he he picks up the bloody Santa hat off of his deceased father's head, like throws it on his head at a jaunty angle, and he is going to be the next Santa Claus. He's like, I'm Santa now. <laughs> so let's actually it's Andy Dick. It's it's just. let's go take up the offering and when we come back we will talk about how the hebrew hammer saves hanukkah now a word from our sponsor better help life changes are difficult to navigate for example i had a big life change this year when i moved across the country figuring out all of the logistics of that move was overwhelming at times and i didn't know what to do i know so many people feel the same way Luckily, therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. I know when I am in a situation and I feel unsure about that situation, therapy can help me figure out what the best decision for me is and how to prioritize my own needs. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Eden. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Eden. Hey, Sadie here. If this is your first time listening to the Leaving Eden podcast, make sure you go back and check out episode 57. It's a primer episode for new listeners. That episode tells my personal story and gives you all the terms and information that you'll need to know going forward. Also, check out our cult true crime series, The First Family of Fundamentalism, so that you can get the whole cult story. If you like our show, you can support us by joining our Patreon, where we have extended and uncensored episodes, as well as other bonus content available. You can also join in the discussion in our Facebook group, That group is called Eden Exodus. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell your worst enemy. The Leaving Eden podcast is a fully independent podcast, and we really appreciate your support. Now, back to the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. We are back from our break. We're talking about Hebrew Hammer. Um, I just heard some Christmas music walk 
walking down uh to to get a p- couple packages uh because the bar that I live on top of in Old City is currently a Christmas pop-up. <laughs> so it's a great time to do this episode. It is a great time to do this episode. It's no, it's a nice bar. Um I I I've, I've spent some time there and I really enjoyed it. Uh, they have good food. Um so upon hearing the news that Santa's evil son Damien wants to wipe out Hanukkah, the Jewish Justice League has to get involved. Yeah. So the do you want to want to talk? I was going to say, can you tell us about the JJL? So the JJL. Um, let's see. Okay. So this is going to take us back. Do you remember that Chick Tract episode? That we were talking about. Yes, how um, could I forget? The, there was one with the with the old man who who was the Holocaust survivor, and his uh, and the f- weirdo dude was like, "Did you know what an Inquisition is?" And this old man's like, "I had no idea that the Holocaust was so bad, even though I experienced it." Yes, <laughs> let me convert to Jesus. <laughs> no, you remember that? Like, but I remember at the beginning of that. And this really stuck out to me because it was like such a like very confusing thing where they had like the like like a, a neo-Nazi rally or something at the beginning. And somebody's like, man, if the JDL showed up here, things would really pop off. And I'm just like the, the JDL is such like a very niche thing that you wouldn't know about it unless you knew about it. It's like a right. It's it's like a, a Jewish extremist group. Is, well, I is, thought is, that is, Chick made that up for the comics, and then you had to tell me, "Oh no, this is a real thing." No, no, the JDL—that was a real thing. That um, they're, yeah, that, the JDL is a real thing, but it's like a, it's like legit a terrorist group. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, they, yeah, they, they like kill people and stuff, and and so they had a different group. They, they, I guess it was kind of like a send up of that called the jjl yeah and mixed with like the inside of the building looks like the united nations kind of yeah it's like the un but for jews and their building where they meet is like the pentagon but if it was a star of david um yeah that was on my list of things to talk about (laughs) because (laughs) the, the sight gags in this movie are amazing well at the JJL they're very concerned about this new Santa Claus situation. The head of the JJL is a wild-eyed dude in a military uniform who is constantly eating bagels while he talks. Yeah, or hard candy. Right. Right. And uh <laughs> they want to get the Hebrew Hammer to work with them to take down this new Santa, but they have had a falling out with the Hebrew Hammer in the past because they feel like his methods are too extreme, uh, and now he doesn't want to work with them anymore. The hot daughter of the head of the JJL uh, volunteers to seduce the Hebrew Hammer into being willing to work with them. It's a honestly, it's a great film. It's got uh, so Esther is the 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 name of the daughter. It's Esther Blumenstein and Felden. What is it? It's Esther. Let me look this up. It's uh, Blumenberg and Steinenthal. Yeah, Esther Blumenberg and Steinenthal, played by Judy Greer. She volunteers to uh, use her feminine wiles to get the Hebrew Hammer to be willing to work with the JJL again. So when it's 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 using your feminine wiles, is that what the fundies are talking about? When yes. 
It's I don't need the thing. end of that sentence. The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you're trying to get get him to come to Jesus, uh, you have to use your feminine yes, wiles. Yes, a little um, bit of a so. trigger warning. Flirty fishing. So, um, Esther, <laughs> yeah, Esther shows up to to Hebrew Hammer's office space to try to convince him to work with the JJL. And we get this really cute little film film noir uh, scene in the movie where it's filmed in black and white and she's got a very 1940s outfit and hairstyle and makeup style going on. It It is really neat, um, creative scene that's thrown in in the middle of this movie. Under pressure from his mother to get married, Hebrew Hammer agrees to possibly work with the JJL if Esther will come to dinner with him at his mother's house. Yes. So uh, she comes to dinner with him at his mother's house. The mother is a very stereotypical, overbearing Jewish mother. Uh, hilarity ensues. Their cat is named Mazel Tov. And what did you think of the cat with the with the diaper? The cat diapers. The yeah, uh, that was. I mean, that was cute. I don't know if uh, over babying your cats is specifically a Jewish trait. It may just more be a old lady with a cat trait. The other thing that I'm thinking about is I don't know if this is also a Jewish trait. Is um, if we have Jewish listeners, please. Please, please uh, uh, tell me if your family members do this too. Is just having wildly inappropriate dinner time conversations or behavior, La- like general lack table. of boundaries. General lack of boundaries at the dinner table, like when when air, when they're airing out the cat's diaper, uh, it, it at at the at the dinner table, just like just. I'm trying to think of an Everybody example. Everybody is talking about my- their gas. Uh, Esther and Hebrew Hammer's mother get into when he excuses himself from the table to use the bathroom. The two of them make an agreement that you know his mother wants him to get married, wants him to date a nice, nice Jewish girl. Esther wants him to help out her dad over at the the JJL. So they make a, a bit of a handshake agreement that Esther will continue giving him at least date him for a little while and uh, his mother will force him to work with the JJL. And this was cute. This is one of my, this was one of my like cutest scenes in the movie. Yeah. And then his mother proceeds to just straight up guilt him into taking the job with the JJL. It was a right. masterful, masterful right, stuff. Like, who, who's going to save Hanukkah? And you know, my friend's sons, they're all accountants and doctors, doctors and, and lawyers. lawyers and, and what is my son doing? <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> he goes to the JJL to meet with the head of the JJL. There is a whole series of tests to determine whether or not he is Jewish uh, like like a security system to let him in the building. The final test is being forced to wait for a few minutes and then seeing how much the person whines and complains during that wait. <laughs> Sadie, if we were going to make a test, like if, if they had a test to see if you could get into the IFB, like what, what would the test be? 
So like would, it, it was like a test to see if you could get into the into First Baptist Church of Hammond like meetings or something like they're 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 not their staff meeting or just something like that. I feel like to, it would be like how angry do you get and how many conspiracy theories do you come up with? Really? Yeah. Like oh this is this is discrimination. I bet these people don't even believe in the King James Bible. And that, well, if you read the NIV, it tells you that the verse about "I stand at the door and knock" is it reads different in the NIV, and it, they just go on a conspiracy theory like that. I think that's what right, the test. Would wait, be. so they would lock you outside of a door, and then it would be an NIV interpretation of standing at the door and knocking. Well, no, it, or would it's, you have to stand at the door and knock in King James? The Jewishness scale, although that could be another one. Do you knock on the door on the one and three or the two and four? <laughs> <laughs> they play a beat and there's like they, they play like a really hot track and if you dance to it then you can't get in. Well, the final test though to see if someone was Jewish was to see how much they whine and complain. So I think the final test to see if somebody is fundy is how mad do they get and how many conspiracy theories do they come up with? But fundies are are totally fine, just like waiting and stuff. Right? Are they fine just like sitting and waiting, or do they not like that? No, they don't like that because that's time that you could spend out witnessing to people. What about ACE? Well, that's training children. That's different because children okay. aren't people in fundy world. Well, if it says uh, maybe they did, they, it'd be like an obedience test. I feel like most fundies would fail an obedience test. Really. Well, then what are they training their children for? Are they just beating them for the hell of it? Yes. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> damn. Okay. So, oh, um, <clears throat> so let's see what happens next. Hebrew Hammer teams up with the Kwanzaa Liberation Front to fight evil Santa. He gets uh, some bad information about somebody who might be willing to help him out. They give him the address of a Nazi bar. Because they think he's going to, like, walk in and get killed and not be able to help out the JJL. Instead, he uh, orders Manischewitz and then beats up everybody in the Nazi bar. That was fun. That's like an elite scene. Every time I'm, like, I, I, I send that scene, like, in, in YouTube video to so many people just, like, all the time. It's one of my favorite things to be ever captured on uh, on, on, on TV in, in film See, I feel like is- after the year that you and all Jewish listeners have had, you deserve to watch the Hebrew Hammer beat up Nazis as much as you want to. What was yeah. your take on the on Santa's evil plan to destroy Jewish uh, uh, a pride with with It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah, so Evil Santa says that he has found the most addictive Jewish pride weakening substance known to man, which is. VHS copies of It's a Wonderful Life. My favorite part of that whole scene was the song that played in the background. Did you catch that? Yeah, it's I'm Your Pusher Man. Yeah, the song that plays in the background is Pusher Man by Curtis Mayfield. (laughs) Ah! Ah! Literally... I mean, no better song in the world for the evil Santa and his henchmen handing out VHS copies of It's a Wonderful Life to all the little Jewish children that they see. What was your take on the the idea that It's a Wonderful Life is the Jewish pride killing uh, a, 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 a substance? Um, that I'm not sure I really got. You didn't? I mean, have you seen mm. It's a Wonderful Life? 
Yeah, I've seen it. I haven't seen it in a lot of years, but I don't think it's that good. I mean, I really like it. No, it's, it's not a just a movie. I just don't think it's that good. It's um, it's not just that it's like that that it's like a good movie. I feel like it's that it's it's a film that it's. Hmm, I, Is I don't the know. Really if, I don't evil know if guy I can in that Jewish coded in a way that I didn't pick up on. Maybe. I mean, I th- wait. Is he that? Hold on. Let me look him up. Let me look up uh, the like the evil banker guy. Yeah, he's a banker, so automatically Jewish coded. Let's see, uh, banker. I can't remember what it's. I've seen that movie a lot of times, but it's been a while. Yeah, Potter, because Potter's Field. He doesn't look Jewish in this picture. He looks like. And I can't think of anything specifically that would have made him Jewish coded. Although I certainly could be missing stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie in a while. I do think that it's like I, I, I think that it's more just like you know how uh in, in like the evangelical uh in like the Jesus movement, people like hella people got swept up into that who could have just been like like maybe they were raised culturally Jewish but not religiously Jewish and they got kind of swept into the Jesus movement. Yeah. It's kind of like that same effect where it's a wonderful life is such, I don't want to say it's like such a strong, like Christmas pride because it's, it's like a Christmas movie, but it's, it, it has a lot of religious themes in it. I, I don't know. I don't know if I could really explain it, but it like, there is something in there. When I saw that, I thought it was so funny. And I like, I, I died when I saw that gag, but I don't know if I well totally like if, if I can totally intellectualize why. Well, if it comes to you, let me know. Um, I can tell our listeners what Hebrew Hammer does to fix this problem. Yeah, please so do he, it. He gets a, a trunk full of DV, of uh, VHSs of Yentl and Fiddler on the Roof. And The Chosen. <laughs> right, and The Chosen to go yeah. pass out to children. <laughs> so he's just um, <laughs> reverse, or fi- fixing the damage, I guess. Up next was one of I think the one of the funnier parts of the movie. Uh, Hebrew Hammer and Esther go undercover at the mall to meet the evil Santa. They want to confront him and then kidnap him is their plan. But they have to go undercover as people who celebrate Christmas. What did you think of Judy Greer's uh, Southern Belle impression? Uh, what I thought was that her "I love Jesus" pen was hilarious. <laughs> Her accent was good, though. I notice a bad Southern accent very easily, and hers was pretty good. They finagle themselves in to see Santa while dressed as undercover Christians, and uh, they are unable to kidnap the evil Santa because Santa weaponizes the army of Christian children uh, who he has personally poisoned against all jewish people against them so santa is literally teaching these children blood libel on like on (laughs) santa's lap which was uh would have been a lot funnier if i didn't know about how harmful dangerous and prevalent blood libel is yeah well that one would have been funnier like a year ago for me what did you think what did you think about santa's uh he, he had the it's it's andy dick and he's got, uh, 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 he's just like s- using a candy cane to snort rails of cocaine <laughs> before getting children to like sit on his lap. Child. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. 
<laughs> I suppose if you're doing this style of movie, it's it's hard to not have some drug use in it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Hebrew Hammer and Esther escape on the Underground Jewish Railroad, which is like like a tunnel of love style, like a Pirates of the Caribbean, or it's a small world style roller coaster like amusement park ride. You know, where you go through the different, you float on this little boat through the different rooms and you see different things, like Haunted Mansion kind of style. Question. Yes. What did you think of the decision to make Santa appear uh, at Kmart of of all stores? Is that that where it was? Yeah, was it a Kmart? I didn't notice. You didn't notice? That didn't pop out to you? That wasn't, Mm -hmm. because for me, that that felt like such a sight gag. I don't get it. You didn't, because well, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Kmart is the most goyish of all, uh, of all like the stores, right? You, you know, know I'm not gonna, no, I'm not gonna disagree with you on that. That makes sense. Yeah, because like if it was if he was uh, appearing for Jewish people, then he would have gone to like Bloomingdale's or something. You right. Know what I'm saying like, <laughs> I know I did not notice that it was at Kmart. You didn't notice it was Kmart. Okay. I, I like because that jumped right out of me. I'm like, oh, of course they're going to fucking Kmart. So uh, after escaping through the Underground Jewish Railroad, Hebrew Hammer and Esther uh, get back to his apartment where they're drinking and dancing. Um, <laughs> Esther says, maybe we should try a different type of dancing. And <laughs> Mordecai says, oh, like the horror? <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was there there are several really funny gags in that scene. Uh she asked him to talk dirty to her and he says things like I'm going to quit the detective business and get a real stable job. We can buy a house in Long Island. We can have a couple of kids together. <laughs> Somewhere fancy but not fancy schmancy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh Hebrew Hammer and Esther bang, but unfortunately, uh evil Santa has a final plan. I probably shouldn't say the words final plan in this context, should I? It's not gonna <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Evil Santa has an additional plan to uh end Hanukkah once and for all. He is going to destroy the Jewish atomic clock in Jerusalem which is uh, run by, what is the the element that runs the Jewish atomic clock? I think it was Judeum was the element. I don't know. Yeah. It, was, it was a, this for me, this plot point just felt kind of like, kind of like it didn't really feel like it was referenced. This, that felt like the weakest plot point of the film to me personally. It but. went a little too sci-fi for the genre. Yeah. But that's okay. Cause it is funny. So he, the the Jewish atomic clock is run by this element that's only found in Israel, and this clock is the clock that keeps track of the Jewish calendar, which is funny because the Jewish calendar is actually a lunar calendar, which seems a little bit more stable. And uh, he's, but anyway, evil Santa is going to destroy this atomic clock, thereby ending Hanukkah forever because no one will have any way to know when Hanukkah is. So there's a there's a final boss battle being set up where evil Santa is going to destroy this clock. Hebrew Hammer and Esther have to prevent him from destroying this clock. Uh, they they meet up at the clock in Jerusalem and they have a confrontation. Uh, Hebrew Hammer says to evil Santa, let's dance the horror. And evil Santa says, you're a horror. 
which got a pretty good laugh from me. <laughs> what did you think of uh, Tiny Tim being Santa's uh, a, a, a sidekick? He just annoyed me. Really? Yeah. You did. You didn't like Tiny Tim. You weren't. You weren't into the the Tiny Tim. Was not a fan uh, of of the Tiny Tim character. I found him very really? annoying. Then again, he's a villain, so it makes sense, I guess. So Hebrew Hammer and Esther are uh, trying to take down evil Santa and his henchmen, but unfortunately, the sun goes down for Sabbath, and they both fall asleep because Sabbath is a day of rest. At which point, I turned <laughs> to my husband and said, "Man." I wish we just got to sleep for 24 hours a day, one day a week. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And just get all your sleep in for the week. It would be convenient, just like. Yeah, I might have to convert again. Fortunately, the KLF, the Kwanzaa Liberation Front, uh, show up and they are not sleeping because it's not their day of rest. Uh, they show up and save the Jewish atomic clock from evil Santa. They are able to save the Hebrew hammer, but evil Santa kidnaps Esther. So we have one more battle where um, evil Santa is going to have to be taken down. So Hebrew hammer and the KLF leader are going to the North Pole to take down evil Santa once and for all. Did you have any thoughts on the, the whole North Pole final battle? The the Jewish guilt aspect to me was the the biggest aspect. Wait, what part? What part specifically of the movie? The in in that that's the weapon that he used. It was the final and worst weapon of the that he used to defeat evil Santa. Oh right, right, guilt. right, right. There are there are a lot of I thought funny sight gags and like and little inside jokes in this leading up to the final battle. So Santa's village at the north pole is protected by a stereotype alarm system so oh, it, right right so it'll alert him if anybody behaves in a stereotypical way and uh hebrew hammer and muhammad ali paula abdul rahim are doing a great job of not doing any stereotypical things to set off the alarm until hebrew hammer walks past a penny on the ground and picks it up <laughs> which sets off the judar alert but finally, when it gets down to the final battle, uh, yeah, Hebrew Hammer uses Jewish guilt, the most powerful weapon, to defeat evil Santa uh, and rescue Esther and proposes to her. And now they will live happily ever after the end. So, Sadie, um, you know, at the at the end of the movie. Uh, when Hebrew Hammer looks at at evil Santa Claus and says, "You know what the real problem was is that you never understood the true meaning of Hanukkah." Yes. What did you think of that? What what was your what was your take on that? I thought that was just a perfect <laughs> dig at the end of every Chris the, the lazy end of every Christmas movie. Yeah. The thing is that like no one really knows the true meaning of like the, the Hanukkah is such a. It's it's such it, the the nature of the holiday. Like you could either say, "Oh, it's uh, the uh, a holiday about having faith in God" or something like that, or you could say that it's a holiday about uh, uh, overthrowing your colonial oppressors, <laughs> or you could say it's a holiday about religious freedom, or you could say it's a holiday about frying things in oil. 
Well, that would be the same if you're if the end of your Christmas movie was well, it's you learned about the true meaning of Christmas. Well, what's the true meaning of Christmas? Is it that Jesus was born, or is it the joy and togetherness that we find at the holidays, or some other like that? Yeah, yeah. Drivel. Yeah, or it could be like an elf. The sleigh runs on Christmas cheer. Right. And they have to sing songs to. They have to sing Christmas songs to get it to to take off again. Hey, don't come for the Santa Claus though. That's a great movie. I've never seen the Santa Claus. Um, the the original Santa Claus movie. Um, with Tim Allen gave me one of my f- all time favorite moments with my dad. There is a scene in that movie where Tim Allen is just learning how to be Santa Claus and he's not very good at it yet. And at one house, he has to deliver a kayak as the Santa Claus present. And he leans the kayak up against the Christmas tree. And as he's about to go up the chimney and leave, the kayak slips and slips and slips and then very slowly falls over onto the Christmas tree and the Christmas tree comes crashing down. And that is the hardest I ever saw my dad laugh. Wow. He literally, literally rolled on the floor laughing. What year did that movie come out? I can look it up. The Santa Claus. Around 1994. Maybe. 1994, the first one. We saw it for the first time. I know what house we were in. So it would have to be between... 2001 and 2004. When it comes to Christmas movies, I have not seen many of them. Like all of the ones that people talk about. In my opinion, Love Actually is the worst movie ever made by any person ever. I've never seen that. Don't. It's it's a horrible film. And uh, don't come for me because I said it was bad. It's terrible. And it's just like... It's bad and I hate it. Back to back to Hebrew Hammer though. This this movie, you know what this made me want to see? What? This made me want to see a parody of a Hallmark movie that is a Hanukkah movie. Interesting. So if we were going to come up with a Hallmark Hanukkah parody movie, what would it be? Uh I think it would be somebody who is raised like culturally Christian. Uh, but isn't really a believer, and they are um, they are fed up with with Christmas and all like they hate red and green, and they're just they're a big Grinch. And then their NJG or NJB, as the case may be, shows up to um, welcome them into the world of of Hanukkah and show them what a magical time of year it is. Maybe. I don't know because I I I I feel like it doesn't really work in reverse though. You that's what the, that's what makes it funny though. Yeah, but I feel like if you're making a a parody Hallmark movie about Hanukkah, then I feel like that's not really made for a Jewish audience. If you're like the magic of Hanukkah, like if you if you talk about like you know what Hanukkah is for a lot of us, Hanukkah is for a lot of us the Adam Sandler song. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it's. It's not a holiday that we take that serious. It's a fu- like it's a fun holiday. Don't get me wrong, we celebrate it. But like a lot of us don't really take Hanukkah that serious. See, I think that's what would make the movie funny though, because it's playing on the same concept that we see in Hebrew Hammer where in universe Hanukkah is this incredibly serious thing, although in real life for most people it's not. Yeah, but they like 
I don't know. In Hebrew humor, they kind of nod at it. I don't like the the. That's what the, I want uh, from the Hallmark movie, though. I want it to be a parody. I want it to be sarcasm. I mean, I, I I see how that could work. The thing is that, like, I feel like we're not really. I I feel like it's a very Christian thing to try and bring outsiders into your into into your 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 holiday celebrations and then just kind of try to put it everywhere and if somebody's like oh i hate i hate christmas or if, if somebody's like i hate christmas you're like oh well clearly you just haven't experienced it properly or whatever i feel like that's a very christian thing to do okay you know what so what so what would your um hallmark hanukkah movie be then my hallmark hanukkah movie I'm trying to think of so I haven't seen a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, oh, I haven't either. I've seen like two or three. Sometimes keep, my family keep, likes to watch them to make fun of them. I feel like the the Hallmark Christmas movies are slowly being replaced by like Netflix Christmas movies. Yeah, but it's the same concept. Okay, uh, I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of a, a good example, like a uh, a Hallmark a Hanukkah movie. You know what it would be? It would be like one where maybe like judah maccabee comes forward in time and has to teach somebody how to 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 stand up for himself i feel like that would be that would be your your hallmark hanukkah movie yeah they're just there what there has to be though is a really really sappy love story that's the the key to what makes a hallmark movie a hallmark movie there has to be like a really forced sappy love story and with the the actors just having zero chemistry with one another, the yes, the last Hanukkah movie or the last Christmas movie, like Hallmark Christmas movie that I saw uh, with my parents a couple of years ago was that. Um, the plot was kind of cute. The actors had less chemistry than any two people that I have ever seen in my entire life. And you've been to a lot of fundy weddings, so. and I've been to a lot of fundy weddings. <laughs> <laughs> that's it was a stunning so indictment. incredibly bad just because the actors looked like they were literally disgusted by each other and could not stand being in the same room i mean they probably couldn't they were like somebody was probably just there for a check and the other yeah. person was like this is my big break i'm yes. gonna make it and their their co-star is just like i don't like i i'm phoning this in i quit um, caring 10 years ago <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, just yeah. chewed up and spit out by the industry, man. Well, this was this was a really fun time. Um, thank you for finally forcing me to watch the Hebrew Hammer. That was incredibly worth it. Next year, Sadie, do you want to give the people a, a a a preview of what we're coming out with uh, in two weeks from now? Tell them what we're coming out with. Yeah. So uh, when we come back from our one week break, our first episode back will be a cult that we have never covered and very rarely even referenced on this show. Uh, it is a one of the best known cults along with the Branch Davidians, but we haven't really talked about it. We're going to be doing a deep dive into Jonestown and I am uh, I'm really excited to get into it. This one should be really good. This is one that that people have asked us about quite a lot too. People tend to, hey, what do you think? Ask me, hey, what do you think about X? And whatever it is is something that they either think or know is a cult. And this is one it comes up a lot because it's got the name recognition. Uh, but I think that there are things that we can pull out given my own cult experience that will be relevant. 
I will tell you, I researched, like, I did, like, 45 minutes to an hour of background research, just getting the timeline in my head so that I can tell the story properly. And I found stuff that was way more disturbing than I anticipated. Uh, so that's that's going to be uh, interesting to handle that information in the context of the episode. But yeah, we've got a bunch of really good content coming up uh, this uh, on January 30th. Sadie, have, have you pre-ordered this book yet? Have, no. Have you... I have not pre-ordered it. I'm just going to buy the Kindle edition on the day that it comes out and then speed read. Okay, well, I'm going to get the audiobook um, okay. when it eventually comes out. We're going to do a review of, of uh, Ginger Duggar Vuolo's book on on January 30th. We're going to tell what we what we think about it. We're going to give like truly like our honest opinions, our honest feelings about this. Yeah, her um, book comes out on January 23rd. So I'm putting myself on a real tight de- deadline. I'm probably going to have to read it overnight and like record the next day. Um, but I... I'm I'm really interested to hear what she has to say. She says that it's not a tell-all book. Um, not- you know what that means? That means it's absolutely a tell-all book. <laughs> I kind of think it is because if you read the last book that Ginger and Jeremy published, which I think was called The Hope We Hold, um, that one had a lot of information. So I'm... I'm really thinking that this one is going to be similar. And she says that she's going to be talking about the ways that IBLP theology negatively affected her. So I know that it will still be a very religious book with religious conclusions because that's what she has let us know ahead of time. But I am interested to see how far she'll go with it. And I want to get that information out to our listeners as quickly as we can once it's published. What if it's like just got mad bombshells in it? Where she's like, actually, we're both atheists now. Like, it's full-on atheist now. It's a religious book with religious conclusions, and our religious conclusions is that there is no God. That would certainly be interesting. Um, that would, man, Jeremy would have wasted a lot of money. Uh, yeah, he he bought he bought so many Yeezys now, and he can't. I and laughing at Jeremy for buying all those Yeezys, and now we can't. You can't wear Yeezys anymore. People think you're a Nazi. <laughs> I mean, he put a lot of money into his ongoing, uh, I think, master's degree now from Christian seminary. So that would be uh, pretty awkward for him. He'll have to show up at 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 Hillsong wearing like some Skechers or like some New Balance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if, uh, if Ginger and Jeremy are turning atheist, we will certainly let you know. But even if they are not, we will uh, be covering that book coming up in the new year. Uh, we have a lot of other things planned for January that we're really excited about. Absolutely. Um, so if you, once again, if you like our show, uh, you can follow us on, uh, you can hit that subscribe button on wherever you're listening to the podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at leaving Eden podcast on Twitter at leaving Eden pod. Uh, Sadie, do you want to plug your social media? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at Sadie Carpenter Music, on Twitter at Hell yeah Sadie, and on TikTok at Sadie Carpenter One. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at G A V R I E L H A C O H E N. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you guys next year. Bye bye. Oh,
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.